love you. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. We have a very, very exciting episode for you today. I've been waiting two months. I've been brewing like a little volcano, ready to explode for this one. And uh, I'm going to explode all over you. It's going to be, it's going to be nice. Oh, it's going to be lovely. I'm going to yeah. rain my ketchup all upon you, potatoes. <laughs> I'm the Green Traveler from Gorsh, and I am the face of Sleon. And uh, we're here, yes, we're very excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today, but I think we both have something we want to talk about first. Yeah. But, yeah. So first, firstly, I just got to talk about my day. It's been a day. <laughs> so uh, woke up. It's been a doozy of a day. Woke up all fine and dandy. I'm just happy it wasn't yesterday because That's right. uh, I had a really busy work day yesterday and because of that busy work day, that day, we really don't have that much going on. So, uh, driving Sarah, my wife, to work, and then the oil light on the car comes on. I was like, oh, damn. Well, uh, I'll try to get it to uh, the place that I usually go to, which is, like, right down the road. And as I pull into their place, the engine light comes on as well. And I'm like, oh. Oh, no. Oh, great. So it's sitting there, and they I don't even get to talk to them because it's 7 o'clock in the morning, and they don't open till 8. And uh, I fill out their little envelope thing and, and get an appointment online and whatever and get the Lyft driver home and whatever. Decide to mow the lawn, and I also mow the neighbor's lawn as well. Because uh, I'm a good guy. Because I'm a good guy, and I'm really behind on it. So I was trying to do both yards at once. So I got like one strip around the entirety of both of our yards, almost, and the lawnmower broke down. No, so, like not only did I like not go to work because I wanted to be able to hear about the car or whatever, right? And I also couldn't mow the lawn, which I really needed to do. It's pretty <laughs> bad. Uh, I did find out that it's a, it's a pretty easy fix, but it took me a minute. Uh, you know, I'm not like a, a mechanic or anything, and I'm not super uh, intimate with my lawnmower. Basically, <laughs> I found out that it, it, it threw the belt, but it just took me way too long to figure that out. I felt kind of stupid. Yeah. But also, then the mechanic calls, and they're like, hey, this isn't good. Oh, and, no. And, well, it, it might be a simple thing, but we can't do it. Like, because it's a foreign vehicle. I drive a Volkswagen. Uh, and they said, so you're going to have to take it to Damn. the dealership or to these this one guy that works on foreign cars at our town. And I call him. <laughs> and he's like, it's going to be this much just for us to look at it. And then this oh, much no. an hour. For each time, for each hour we spend on it, and I can tell you if we have to get inside the engine, which the code said that they did, it would be at least a couple hours. So Oof. yeah, basically I'm like, oh well, I guess I give up on the Volkswagen now, which you know that was nice while it lasted. Still have this other car yeah. that honestly had a pretty simple fix, and I just let it sit there. Uh, so <laughs> the. Tomorrow, because I they closed before I could get it done, 
the tow trucks are going to swap the vehicles that are in my driveway and at the shop. And they're going to fix the other car because it should be hopefully simpler to fix. Um, I'm so sorry, buddy. Yeah, it is sad. It is a sad day. And And I still have to fix the lawnmower, but at least I know how to fix that. Well, you know what? Let's use that. Should we use that sob story? Sorry to just go ahead and say, uh, if you want to help us out financially, yeah. you can head on down to patreon.com slash green and faceless. You can check out our tears. You can help us out with our cars. Oh, yes, I'm sure mine's did. about to kick the bucket soon. Oh my God. I've been, I've been having too, too long of good luck with my car. It's been, it's been a stream of a few months it, without baby. issues. Excuse me, you got it pretty fit fresh. That is, yeah, it's only you know it's only a decade old. It's still a young buck. Yeah, it's only passed one hundred thousand miles recently. Like it's 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 got it. It's got a, hopefully a long life. But I, I bet you got at still. least another sixty thousand because that's where both of yeah, my cars just, are at, and you know they they br- break down every month. Yeah, I think mine's gonna catch fire. I'm gonna get up to eighty miles an hour driving up to Michigan. <laughs> And it's just gonna go, <laughs> and I'll be like, "Fuck!" Well, do you check the oil? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I do. I do the things I'm supposed to, but only, only, only when, uh, you're to when I remember them. Oh. Only when I remember here. them. Yeah, which is typically That's about really- a month after I'm supposed yes. to. Yeah, same here. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I'm not a car individual. There was a long time of my life where I just had to come to terms. It's just like you know what. I don't know cars. I don't care about cars, and it's okay. And that's okay. I don't have to. <laughs> yeah, I. I, kind of I know enough to like change a tire. I, I can. I can do all the essentials for like basic road survival. Right. I know how to but... turn a wrench, and if I really, really worked at it, I could probably figure it out. But I don't. Right. Want to, and it's not just preferably... that I don't want to. It's that I don't want to do it wrong, and I will. Right. I will. Yeah, exactly. That's that's where it's at. Is like I know I know my mechanic skills are in the tank, so like yeah. <laughs> it's down. It's not good, and preferably, uh, you know, if, if as long as I'm not like out in the middle of nowhere, I'll have YouTube. Yeah, and YouTube has pretty much fucking everything. Yeah, they do. They do. So just I keep yeah. a, I try to keep a good toolkit in my car. I recommend everybody do that, yeah. even if you don't know what to do with it. Same. Because, like you said, we Lord. have the resources of the 21st century. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when it's wintertime, keep some kitty litter in there. It's, it's very helpful. Yeah. Or, you know, salt <laughs> if you don't have a cat. Or salt. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's true. <laughs> Something heavy and gritty. It's what you need. That's what you need. <laughs> But that's that's uh that's been mechanic tips with uh <laughs> with, greeny with and faceless and face smear <laughs> <laughs> face smear <laughs> Well let's let's try to let me let me try to lift the spirits. Let me go into a little bit of green ketchup. Oh, you know, you can't have your potatoes without your ketchup. So let me just squirt some all over y'all. I want to see another movie into the theater in the theaters this uh, this weekend, oh, and man. I was very was excited for this movie. You know, looking at all the movies that are coming out this year, this was the one I was most excited for. I'll be honest, and I will say up front that I actually like the movie we're going to talk about today more. Oh. I like the Batman more than I like the Northmen. Um, 
But that's that doesn't say mean I did not like the Norseman because I fucking loved the <laughs> Norseman. It was so fun. It's Robert Eggers. He's one of my favorite directors working today. He did The Lighthouse. He did The Witch. Uh, he brings back pretty much all the important people that he worked with in both of those nice. movies <laughs> into this one, along with Alexander Skarsgård, the uh, the titular character, the titular. Norseman. Um, the story is based off of the original. Uh, um, I, I don't know if which Norse country it was, but it was off of the original tale that Hamlet is based on. Um, so it's it's the story of Prince Amleth, and it, it follows pretty much the same structure as as Hamlet. You know, it's, if you know Hamlet, you're gonna pretty much kind of know the story going in. But it doesn't ruin it in any way. It's it's very exciting to watch this movie because it's very gritty. It's very real. There's a sh- there's a shot at the very beginning where there's like a, a Viking raid. I don't know if they're actually Vikings, so that that might be wrong. And my, our friend Ron the Skull is probably kicking me right now. <laughs> it's like how dare he call Vikings? <laughs> but no, it's it, the the Northmen. They the, him and uh, where uh, Amleth Alexander Skarsgård character is at that time. That the the crew that he's running with uh they're doing a raid on this little village and as they're coming upon it it's a very foggy morning you know it's very fogs rolling in everywhere and you see the wall of the village rise up out of the fog and on the wall you see some people up there and they're very far away you know they're still a good many feet away uh, but you see somebody on the wall yell like uh, you know something along the lines of like i see them they're coming out of the fog you know we're, we're about to be attacked oh boy and Oh, Jesus. And then this long spear comes flying out from the wall at Alexander Skarsgård. This is one long take. It's, it, they haven't cut yet. And, uh, it's, it's just been, it's just been the crew coming up the, the fog up to the, the wall. And this giant spear comes flying. And Alexander steps up, grabs the sphere mid flight, spins around at the full 360 and hurls it right back at the fucking yeah. wall. It's an amazing shot. It was so cool. Come on, Tarzan. And it happened so it happened so fast that I don't think my audience like the people I was watching it with really understood how fucking awesome of a shot that was cuz nobody reacted but me. I was just like, "What the fuck?" and everybody else was like, mm, "Yeah." Did that, <laughs> I'm just like no, that was awesome. Uh, quick tangent: Did that Tarzan movie not make enough money to have a sequel? I have no idea. I did not watch you it. Didn't watch it. And I feel like if I no, I feel like if I didn't watch it, that means a lot of other people didn't watch okay. it either. Well, I saw it. It was a little bit white savior, um, but also he's a monkey guy. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, you know, actually, I'm happy. You, I'm happy you. Um, mentioned that because that's kind of an issue with this. It's not white savior issue, but it is uh, a very masculine film. And I'm seeing a lot of people reacting the same way with how they reacted with uh, the lighthouse. We're like, I hate it. Too much toxic masculinity. Uh, You know, it's just, you know, it's, it's disgusting. It's whatever. And whenever I hear those people complain about the lighthouse, and now I'm hearing some people complain about the Northmen for the same reason, I want to smack them. Because it's like, you clearly did not watch this movie. Because if you did, you would understand that the message of the lighthouse is how toxic masculinity is a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. it's the horror of toxic masculinity. Yeah, 
He's not glorifying it in any way. He is he is showing you what happens when two men are stuck together and they have clashing uh, morals or, or just beliefs in general. Right. You know, they're going to fight. They're going to get drunk. They might kiss. And then they're going to try to kill each other. And that's just what's going to happen. <laughs> and it's just like he's not glorifying it. He's showing it. He's, he's, it's, it's part of the story. It's part of the message. And it's the same thing with uh, – right. it's- with the tragedy of the Northmen, the tragedy of Hamlet right. Our, is, you know, it's his tragic flaw is, is pride. I haven't seen it. I, but it like, uh, yeah. every tragic hero has a, has a flaw. I, I couldn't really tell mm-hmm. you what my thesis on what Hamlet's might be, uh, <laughs> but it sounds like, you know, with toxic masculinity, you could easily chalk it up to pride. Yeah. And this this movie is very uh, macho, machismo. Yeah. It's got a lot of machismo in it, or whatever that word is. It's uh, you know there there is a like I can't I, I know there's a scene where Alexander Skarsgård is wearing a shirt, but I don't remember those <laughs> scenes. <laughs> you know he he is almost always naked or like close to being naked. You know, he's like. Yeah, I don't think you ever see the tallywhacker, I'll be oh. honest, but you do get to see okay, so Anna Taylor Joy is in it too. And that's another easy draw for me. Cause I, I fucking love Anna Taylor Joy. <clears throat> I think she you know, she, she's so beautiful. And uh you, you do get to see a lot of uh because she she's playing um she's I think they call her a witch. Like she's supposed to be like a Slavic oh. witch. But, like, it's more, I think it feels more natural, like, not, not, uh, not like magic power, but more like, like maybe um, like a medicine worker or something. Yeah, kind of. I, I, but I do think there is something else in there. I do think there is some kind of like sorcery or whatever, but like, you don't really see a lot of it. I don't know. She just does an amazing job. She has moments where she's speaking in old uh, i don't know what if it would be old english or if it'd be uh some form of norse Norse, yeah language but like yeah she she has moments and i know i know robert eggers wanted to do this movie all in that language i think like because that's what you know that's what he's done he's he he does these period pieces and tries to do it like in the right vernacular in the in the right uh because like the witch is all in what is it puritanical Uh, yeah was it puritanical well um I think Victorian. OP original pronunciation is probably more yeah. what they were going for. Yeah, it, it, but like I, I can almost guarantee that he he wanted to do this whole movie in that language because oh, yeah. <laughs> he's just like, well, they wouldn't have been. He's like, they wouldn't have been speaking English, and it's like, and I'm like, no, that that would cost way too much money to to get this all translated properly yeah, and everything. Yeah. He does use a lot of runes, which is very exciting. Oh. There's a lot of. Um, uh the the title cards are all on runes um but no i, I just I, f- I fucking love this movie it was a lot of fun uh i like i can't wait to see it streaming be- and i highly recommend people go out and watch it be and, and, but the thing is it's artsy you know if you've seen the lighthouse you're gonna know kind of what you're gonna expect with this because like egger's style robert egger's style it's all still there like he goes from horror to historical epic flawlessly without changing his style at all wow. and it's amazing but i know i know people are gonna walk into it and be uh, and like leave thinking that was too artsy it was stupid it's like, like you know okay, it's kind of it has like all of these movies 
like you you can tell by the trailers of these movies. Right. But I, but I don't know. I do want people to go to them. I just want them to understand that, you know, not everything has to be flashy action right. Marvel film. You know, it's, it's sometimes you're going to get these beautiful visions that are more metaphorical, more atmospherical. And, and yeah. I don't know. It, it was a lot of fun. And I, I understand where people are coming at it with like, it's too machismo. But at the same time, I'm like, that, that's kind of the tragedy of it is, yeah. is like the choices that his character makes, he makes because he is a man, he is defending man's honor. You know, it's a, it's a revenge story. If you don't know the, the story right. of Hamlet, his, uh, his father's killed and he's trying to avenge his father's murder. I'll, I'll leave it there. If you don't know anything about it, you know, it's, it's exciting to watch, but uh, I mean, it's my favorite tragedy. I, so seeing the I original like version one. of it was really fascinating. Um, I had somebody yesterday when I was wearing my King Lear shirt say, oh, I fucking hate King Lear. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I don't think there's anything in that show. And the only thing I could think of is yeah. nothing comes from nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I... I think I've only seen King Lear once and it was because you were in yeah, it once, I was right? Yeah, I played or, the Duke of Cornwall. Okay, right. Because, yeah, I remember watching. Yeah, that that's the only time I've ever oh, seen really? it. Oh, really? I don't think I've ever. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen like a big uh, um, budgeted production of oh, it or man. anything. Well, like, if you want to see a real good one, uh, Ian McKellen uh, is on tape uh, somewhere. Uh King Lear. That sounds exciting. I think I mean <laughs> I may be remembering wrong, but I think Sylvester McCoy might play the fool. Yeah. Ooh. Doctor Who. Whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> well no, I think that I think that's really it for, for my gushing of the Northman. It's it was uh I'm I'm ready to talk Batman. the Batman. We also got uh, a secret review of Tarzan. Yeah, yeah, from you because oh, I haven't yeah, seen it. <laughs> <laughs> the Batman. So oh, man, uh, I, I guess we have to start with like a general synopsis. That's what we usually do. Uh, I, I just I really talk about gadgets and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say up front with Bat the Batman uh, before we dive in here because this this is a deep dive, yes. ladies and gentlemen. We're only talking the Batman for the next hour, probably. Uh, so I want people to know going in that there will be spoilers. We will try to keep the big spoilers, the big reveals, the big plot details, and everything. We'll try to keep that still under wraps, and we'll put up a spoiler wall near mm -hmm. the end so we can discuss deeper things. But, like, if you don't know cast list, if you don't want to know anything, you're in the wrong episode. Yeah. Like, if you don't want to know some of the cameos we're going to talk, you're in the wrong episode. We're going to be deep yeah. diving into the Batman. So, why don't you hit pause and come back here three hours later after you've watched this <laughs> fucking long movie? <laughs> hey, though, it is worth it. And you know what? If you don't mind it is. being a little bit spoiled. Just stick around and you'll discover, hey, maybe this is a cool movie and you'll go watch it. At least that's my hope. Yeah, because it's... It, okay, I watched it in theaters way back in February. I wish I It was one of the... Yeah, it, it, it was a lot of fun. And 
I remember, like, I, I'm going to talk the the theater experience a lot as we go through this because there are moments in this movie that were great in the theaters, mainly because of watching it with people again. You know, getting other people's reaction to it. There's there's some there's some jokes that were just absolutely hilarious to see everyone else around me understand the joke because it's just like uh there's one in general and i'll talk it when we get there but uh just just seeing it in theaters was a lot of fun and then i had to wait for like two fucking months to talk to anybody about it because nobody I mean, ron vault had watched it which is nice but you know a lot of the people i worked with a lot of my friends uh my brother went and saw it but yeah you i'm sorry I understand. I, I really yeah, I get it. I do. It's just, I, I, I wish they had streamed this from the get-go, but I'm glad they didn't because it made a crap ton of money. And that means Matt Reeves, the director and writer, can continue his vision for what I assume is three movies. And I'll, I'll also talk what I think his next two are going to be. This project, it could have been Batflack, but we got Batflack. It almost was. He got Batpat, and I'm yeah. I'm happy for it. I think he really works. Uh, you know, I didn't think that I'd like it, but like considering that he is a younger Bruce uh, in this, uh, kind of feels like yeah, very yes, emo Bruce, very emo Bruce. But like, that's also like all part of his journey in this is right. is getting past that a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for the future of this Definitely. franchise because I I don't know it. So this this movie takes a lot of inspiration from some of my favorite Batman comics, specifically from uh, the Long Halloween by. Uh, oh, I'm gonna just go over here and look. I think it's Jeff Loeb, but it's on my shelf. Let me give me a second. Sorry, Zelda. Oopsie daisy! We had a bit of a technical difficulty when yeah. I was going over to my uh, my my comic book shelf. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, I sound better now. Uh, we'll see how that turns out. <clears throat> but the Batman—you had something the at Batman. your comic book shelf about the Batman. Yeah, I was I was saying it, this movie is in, uh, takes inspiration from one of my favorite comic books of all time, which is The Long Halloween by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale is the uh, artist. <clears throat> Beautiful story takes course over like a whole year as Batman's trying to solve this this uh, very noir esque de- detective uh, or uh, a mystery. I mean, uh, it, it's like a very detective heavy Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, he's doing a lot of research. It's beautiful. And that's like the entire inspiration for this this film is uh, like noir esque Batman. You know, it, it has a very yeah. heavy atmosphere. It's very you know, like gritty and gray, and and you know, actors that they're not like acting. They're they're acting like you would expect in like a noir in a noir mystery, like from you know way back in the the Hitchcock mm. days. Um, it, it has a little bit of that that kind of like Maltese Falcon feel, you know. It's 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 wonderful. Like I, I fucking this is what I've been kind of wanting from Batman for a long time was more detective, less action, and that's yeah. what we fucking got. I was so yeah. excited. Like the Nolan movies, yeah. There was a lot. They kind of focused on the ninjutsu part of it, but it was still great. Uh, but then yeah, they just yeah. went more big heavy hitter. For the the Batfleck days, 
And <laughs> it's just like, okay, but Batman's real smart. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't we just yeah, I mean, that's be the, real smart? Yeah, and, and with, with uh, I don't want to insult Zack Snyder, but like the the Snyder films don't feel like there's much of a character there. Mm. It's more of just a tragedy. You know, it's just like this character is sad. Be sad. You know, it's in it's I want friends. Yeah, and, and I don't know, it's just it's very kind of just bland storytelling. Like I'm sorry, uh, Zack Snyder is a great person, but like the the Snyderverse of the, Snyder the DC was better. EU, okay. The Snyder Cut was better. I am I agree wholeheartedly with that, but like the the Snyder universe, the the whole DC Comics cinematic universe right now, I just don't care. I'm no, not invested in any of that. With this. <laughs> Please. Yeah, re- seriously. Reboot so, with the Batman. I think the problem that they had was like, you know, they're trying to compete with Marvel for whatever got it awful reason. And, right, right. You know, Marvel has like this big plan or they have big plans that they push in small doses. I'm sure it evolves as it go. I think what DC's plan is, is that they try to go for that model like as fast as they could, but mm-hmm. what they really should have done was make a good movie, and if it's good, make another movie, and yeah. just build off the story from those movies. Like for real, yeah. It, just every, it, it's so much easier that way. It, it has yeah. to be to build off of what you have already instead of just like this is what we want to do. So we got to do this, this, and this first. It's got to be yeah. easier. And and another thing that they have to do is let the creator, let the artist, yeah, create. Like don't this don't movie. step in. Don't yeah. Don't suicide squad the fuck out of the movie. You know, like don't go in there and then cut it all to bits and you know run a crap ton of test audiences and you know Suicide Squad is just you know it's it's awful. Because not the Suicide Squad, James Gunn's the Suicide Squad is fun, That's but fun. the original one that David Ayers, it's just a bunch of production company. You know, the producers got in there and were like, no, 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 and they just cut up this vision. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know if David Ayer has his own cut of the film. Like, I don't know if there is a release the David Ayer cut or whatever. But like, it it doesn't feel like there's much of an artist vision there. It just seems like a bunch of test cut or test audience produced bullshit whereas the batman the batman feels like a realized vision like like matt reeves i i love this guy he is the um he did what are the last two planet of the apes films that just came out the it's not rise of the planet it's it's war of the planet of the apes and dawn dawn Yeah. yeah those two yeah he did those two um, I don't remember which order they're in. I think it's Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and a War for the Planet of the Apes, something like that. Secret of you um, get better titles. <laughs> yeah. No, okay, I don't know. I love those two movies. I, I love, think those two are phenomenal films. I love and, uh, basically all of the Planet of the Apes movies, even the bad ones. That's fair. I do like I do like Excuse the original. Me. Like the the uh, I don't think I've seen all of them, but the original is a lot of fun. We can do a playlist. Nice. Dude, that'd be fun. <laughs> that'd be a lot of fun. No, but, but like, this whole movie, one thing is that it's three hours long. It's two hours and 56 minutes. And I feel like a lot of producers probably try to step in and be like, oh, okay, you got to cut a whole okay. hour out of this movie. 
And no, thankfully, it seems like the entire story is contained. It, and yeah. the pacing is super fucking fast. Like, Matt Reeves had a lot of heart poured into this film, and you can fucking feel it. Yeah. And I love that so much because it's I in the atmosphere of the film. Because their other movies have been doing so bad, their DC movies, I think they were like, okay, if we're going to take a risk, we might as well take it with Batman. We know Batman sells. Yeah. So I feel like it would, like, yes, they are letting the, this artist do his work, but I feel like they're like, this is a very calculated risk. At the very least, we will make money at the box office. True. And I, honestly, though, I hope it just unleashes their encouragement to just keep doing yes, that, to just please. keep letting. Just, uh, yeah. I don't know what Patty did with the second movie, but like that first movie was rad. Uh, you know, so just <laughs> right. let them make another rad Wonder Woman movie. Uh, well, I think the second one was that the producer stepped in, like the literal I think producer. That's what it was, it feels like that. Yeah, well, the literal producer Jeff Johns, the comic book writer, who you know, he I think he just produced the first one. He co-wrote the second one. Mm. Like you know, it's it. I don't know. It just it seemed like it was too much. But what's going to please them? What can we throw in? Like you know, make sure there's a giant light going up to the sky. Yeah. Uh, shit has to be dying. <laughs> <laughs> CGI everywhere. <laughs> like with the batman i mean i'm sure there, there's just there is cgi obviously but a lot of it is very real right. it's very in the moment some of the makeup work on the characters is fucking beautiful we'll yeah. get to that when we get to those oh, characters yes. yes so what you said about the effects it's more believable because of the style of technology they gave batman he's got a lot yeah. of gadgets I think I've heard some a people lot. say, I know a friend of ours said it the other day, that he has more gadgets than the other Batman. Batmans? Whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they're all very low tech. Yeah. And that's why I, I fucking love like that. Like his, his gliding suit. Like, you know, in all the other movies, his cape helped him glide. This Fiber had like memory, fi memory weave yeah. fiber fragments. <laughs> Or whatever. This one, like, puffs up like a life preserve and makes a base jumping suit. And he base yeah. jumps off the building. And it's not a good idea. And it's, it's such not, a good part great. of the movie. It's such a good it part is. of the movie. Yeah, he, I, and, and, like, his, his most high-tech gadget, literally, is a camera lens that is his eye, that is his, like, eye lens right. like he puts a um he puts a contact lens in that's a camera that's what and i'm he trying to stole say it from torchwood yeah yeah <laughs> yeah he did <laughs> but like that's like his most high-tech gadget everything else is like he has grappling hooks he has a taser he has yeah. you know he's he's got his batterings which are just like two pieces of a gun that are his bat signal on his chest yeah like it's really cool and so I think I think just we're just gonna dive in. We're gonna start from the beginning. Yeah. We're gonna go through this movie, and there'll be moments where there'll probably be cuts because we'll determine that they're probably too spoilery. I'll try to keep it under wraps, but I, I, I'm gonna gush. We gotta gush. Start to film off very unblockbustery with a quiet title card of the Batman. Mm -hmm. Which I fucking love that. In the theaters, it was kind of cool that, you know, the movie starts and then it's just the Batman. 
and there's not a lot of loud music to accompany it. It's not like the, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's just, oh, there it is. Oh, there it and is. And then we, we open up in the, in the view from binoculars to, uh, you know, a pair yeah. of binoculars that are looking across a street at a building. And, you know, they're, they're looking at the guards outside. They're looking at the kids on the street. Uh, the, the, bin- the binoculars like, Go up through the rooms and you can see stuff and then you see the mayor. Uh, the mayor of Gotham City. He's currently in, uh, re-election campaign bid mm-hmm. against, what's her name? Becca Real? Bella. Bella Real. Bella Real. Real. Played by Jamie Lawson. Thank you. But, but right now you just see the mayor, um, who's, uh, it's Halloween night. He comes home. His kid fake kills him with his with yeah, his pirate I thought costume. That was the first real crime. A hundred percent. I thought that was the first <laughs> real crime. I was like, oh shit! <laughs> he got stabbed by a ninja. Oh, this has Razal Gould as well. I had no idea. <laughs> oh man, yeah. If you if you had the volume turned up, you can hear it a little better. You can hear the like. Honey, I'm home. Kind of like from the from the mayor, and then you can hear the kid going like ah, and then like stab him, and then, you know, and then you see the father, the mayor, stand up, and he's yeah. just like, hey, you're gonna walk out of there without giving me a hug. Kid comes back, gives him a hug. It's a very cute yeah. moment. It is, very and then you cute remember moment. that you're watching it from a pair of binoculars creepily across the street, and you're like, what the fuck's going on? And the person's breathing real heavy too. The person who's looking yeah. through the binoculars is like. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's really bad. But then once the family leaves, once they go trick or treating because it's Halloween, the binoculars pan up, and you see the skylight. You see his entryway. You see the opening into the sky. And then we just immediately cut to the mayor in the building, watching the recap of his most recent debate with Be- uh, Bella Real. Mm-hmm. And when he walks away, because it's everything's in dark, it's all shadows. He's yes. watching it with like the light of a fireplace. And when he walks away, there's a flash of lightning, and you see the Riddler standing there, and it's so beautiful. It's such a good shot. Yeah, and you like very, you realize that that's who it was very Halloween shot. Very Halloween, very Halloween. I love it. The whole the whole intro is very Halloween. Like you even have like I think like a Halloween like almost ripped out of the movie mask. Like a, it's like a green pumpkin head kind of thing. Yeah, later it is on. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know if we want to talk about the characters as we go along, or or what you want to oh, do. Yeah. Um, you do. I do. do I do. Okay, so let's yes. talk about the Riddler's look. Um, <clears throat> so they go on quite a bit about how the mask is important to the Riddler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's kind of weird. They don't put. Uh, Ed Nigma on the IMDb list, like people aren't supposed to know or something. Um, yeah, well, his one of the names they showed was Ed Nashton, and I Ed think Nashton. that's his official name is Ed gotcha. Nashton. Gotcha. Yeah, but he has when he when when he is caught later on because obviously he gets caught. I mean, come on, yes. but when he's caught later on, the cops pull out like a bunch of IDs, and one of them just said Ed Nashton, and that's like the closest they got to Nigma. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, all right. So they don't know his identity yet in the movie, but in the comic books, it's Edward Nigma. Anyhow, yeah. The Riddler, the mask. Uh, they say they, they make it important, and it's it's like paralleling with 
Batman throughout the movie, right? <laughs> yeah. But Ugh. I just get into that because that's beautiful. I too. just don't necessarily like the look of the mask. Really? No, not really. See, I do. I do because it becomes very important in the third act when you find yes. out that it is just a cheap mask bought from a hardware store. Yes. Love it. Yeah, I do like that part of it. And, and also another part of it, which I think will be used later, being his uh, – well, I'll go ahead and say his followers. I don't think that's really giving away right. anything. He, uh, it, when they're wearing the masks, that makes sense. But now – because he does get caught, like we said, uh, it's a Batman <laughs> movie. Now that everybody knows that it's Paul Dano, I feel like he shouldn't put his face away. Because I, I just, I feel like in the comic books, he yeah. never really puts his face away. Yeah, I feel like when he returns, we'll probably get the suit. I'm, I'm yeah, hoping that'd be fun. I'm really that'd open for the green suit. I did the like one. the trench coat look. I liked everything about the look except for the mask. Yeah. <laughs> I liked how the glasses were with the mask, though, yeah. because it, that was yeah. kind of, it really did make, it worked for this movie, I'll say that. But no, I just really. didn't like it for the Riddler, I guess. Yeah, it it really did. Uh, I mean, I, I can I can understand where you're coming from. I love him in the shadows because yeah. of how Matt Reeves plays with the shadows in this movie. Because this, this scene, uh, the, the very intro scene jumps from that moment to the next moment, which I'll talk about. But uh, to quickly wrap up that moment, the Riddler kills the mayor. And yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it's not a yeah. spoiler because it's right at the fucking beginning. And it's it the, is literally the, the opening scene. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it sets up everything because that's the first mystery is the the the, the mayor has been killed. Mm -hmm. But we, we jump from that moment to a beautiful voiceover. It almost like kind of – it kind of has like – similarities with the watchman the overtone for or the over the voiceover from robert pattinson um as he describes who the batman is in yeah. this world in this movie that we're gonna watch and the batman in this film is just you know he's been batman for two years he's not even calling himself batman he is vengeance yes. he is vengeance i think some people call him the batman maybe in media he calls himself the batman at least one time. Exactly. But usually when he introduces himself, he says, I'm, I'm vengeance. I'm vengeance. <laughs> we both did that, so it probably sounded pretty close to the movie. Oh, it's so good. Uh, but he has this voiceover where he's explaining, though, the very harsh reality of the Batman that I feel like a lot of the movies kind of forget is that he can't be everywhere. Right. He can't. Yeah. And he's talking he's about that. He's super. talking about how, you know, even in two years of being the Batman, criminals don't really know what he looks like. They don't know anything about him. Mm -hmm. Like, they know he's out there. There's he's a big fucking a legend. bat yeah. signal. Yeah. There's a bat signal flashed into the sky every single freaking night. So, like, they know to fear him. Mm -hmm. but that And that's what's important, is that they fear him. Yeah. That they're scared of him. And that's what because the whole is about. Yeah, it really is. And and it's beautiful because you see a bunch of criminals throughout the city doing things. And in, in each one of them, they look off into the shadows and they're like terrified. They're like, what's in the shadows? What's fucking coming out? And then in one of them, just one of the areas where the, the criminals were about to get too violent, you hear the footsteps coming. 
And then out of the shadows walks the Batman. Yeah. And it is so beautiful. The music, huge shout out to Michael Giacchino. He is the composer for this. That music is fucking great. Like the theme of this soundtrack, I love it. It's so good. And like you hear the Michael Giacchino style and everything. You can can kind of hear the lost violins. Right. Yeah. Also, for his theme in particular, the Batman's theme, uh, there's definitely some influence from the Imperial uh, Death March or whatever it is from Star Wars. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and also from the, the Batman the Animated Series. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you can hear yeah, that you get, Who is that? Danny Elfman? Yeah, you get a little bit of that was Danny Elfman, Elfman vibe. Oh. I think so. I think he did the Animated Series. But um, from there, you know, Batman shows up. That's where you get the the I am vengeance, you know, after he just beats the holy fuck out of this one guy. And like, I, I wanted to, I thought it would have been kind of fun. I didn't approach him, but uh, I thought it would have been fun to get Ron Vold the Scald on here yeah. to talk about Batman's fighting style. Just that alone. Because like, I know mm-hmm. he has to have a lot to say about Batman's fighting does, style. Yeah. It's very He's different very than patient, the other Batman. Batman. He's a very patient yeah. Batman. He he lets them attack first, which I I like. Well, and most he gets of the hit time. a lot. He does get hit a lot. Yeah, which I love because it, it's very again. It's like the Batman the animated series. So like I'm on record as having told people this already that before this movie, my favorite Batman movie was and still is the Mask of the Phantasm. You st- and, like that before better this, than this movie? Oh, before this, I, yeah. I, I I do like that. I still like that better than this movie. You I'll do. be honest. I love the wow. I love the Mask of the Phantasm. It's so good. But the Dark Knight was very close to it. And the, but then there's the Mask of the Phantasm, which is just like a childhood favorite. Right. This movie has blown the Dark Knight out of the water, in my opinion. Yeah, I <laughs> I, I so do. Like, th- I I really don't know. I like both yeah. of them so much. This one probably is better because there's things yeah. about that movie that's like oh. I remember what I was saying. Like Mask of the Phantasm, like the animated series, Batman gets hit a lot. You know, he might be the greatest detective, but at the same time, he is a man. Yeah. And when he is surrounded by like 10 henchmen, he might he's probably going to take quite a few hits. Yeah. You know, yes. he's not gonna, he's yeah. not going to be dodging every single one of them. He's not going to be doing the greatest. I mean, I know Christian Bale got he hit. He doesn't have like a giant pole. He's he's yeah. not he's not fucking Neo fighting the Thousand Smiths. <laughs> I I know the other Batman all took punches too, but it just felt more real here. You know, you, yeah. you he he gets surrounded in that first scene. There's like five or six villains, henchmen, whatever you want to call them, and chillins. you know the the chillins. <laughs> yeah, and they, they attack him though. And, like, two of them almost immediately get punches off on him. <laughs> and then he is immediately like, oh, okay, that's your strength. Bam, 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 like, super yeah. fast, like, starts hitting them, taking them down real quick. And it's it's wonderful. It's a great opening scene. Good voiceover from Robert Pattinson. He has a very uh, ominous broodiness to him. Yeah. Um, they even play a Nirvana song, which is, like, absolutely yeah. fucking perfect for this movie. <laughs> To skip the next scene real quick, just to say that when they introduce Alfred, 
um, who comes in yeah. two scenes from now. But when they introduce Alfred, they even go like even harder on the emo kid. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's really bad. It's really bad. Because that's the first time you get to see him. Yeah. Without the mask. Like fully without the yeah. mask. Because they do. I do like how easily he goes incognito with just pulling yeah, his hood it's, up. Uh, well, yeah. he takes the cowl off and, and puts a jacket on. Uh, that's right. cool. <clears throat> Good. Ad. But before we get to before we Andy get to Serkis. Alfred. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Alfred. Yeah, Andy Circus plays Alfred. Uh, before we get to him, though, uh, Batman after he beats up those criminals sees the the bat signal in the sky, and we immediately cut to the investigation of the mayor, and that's a great scene. It's really good. You get the first riddle, uh, which we won't spoil what the riddles are or anything. But it has a very strong, uh, if you've ever seen the movie Seven, it's another big inspiration yeah. for this film. And it has a very strong Seven vibe where, you know, you, you come to the crime scene and there is this puzzle laid out for the detectives. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to solve this. There's a, there's, a, uh, there's a secret code. There's riddles because it's the Riddler, of course. And, you know, when Batman comes into this picture, this room is just filled with cops mm-hmm. and just how all of them are looking at him. It's great because it's right. like all of them are like, what the fuck is you he doing here? Like, who the fuck is this? Get what his relationship to the police is. And then, you know, mm-hmm. immediately after that, you get Gordon, his which is oh. like in this world, literally his only liaison with the police. But apparently yeah. Gordon has such sway. As just a detective at this point, that uh, he's able to bring him in on cases and stuff. I'm not sure if they ever say exactly uh, what position the guy that comes in and yells at him is. Um, Uh, He was the commissioner. He was the commissioner. But at one point, he was Bruce Campbell, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright, by the way, I love you as Bruce Campbell. As as fucking (laughs) Jim Gordon. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, Jeffrey Wright as as Jim Gordon. Like, honestly, like, of all the Jim Gordons we've gotten, I mean, J.K. Simmons matches the comic book version of Jim Gordon perfectly. Yeah. But i love jeffrey wright's jim gordon he works so fucking good with robert pattinson's he batman does. it is way too good yeah way too good they both nail the noir buddy cop feel right like, perfectly like for just for some reason they mesh so well yeah. i don't get it and i love I love when they're leaning into each other and they're both whispering so nobody else can hear them and and jeffrey wright's just like He's he's when he talks he's not moving his lips at all because he doesn't want to be like have his lips red or anything, but he's also giving a little bit of stink too. He's just like, "Are you saying that that guy is moonlighting as a cop?" Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Just, it's so that's a bad that's a bad impression of what Jeffrey Wright's doing, but <laughs> yeah, he it's so do that. funny. It, it's also funny the same and great. scene. He was like, <laughs> he's like, "You gotta punch me in the face." <laughs> <laughs> you got to punch me in the face, and then you got to head down there and take the left elevator. <laughs> and then, and oh, then Batman gets him to turn the other way, and he just decks him. <laughs> it's so bad. 
<laughs> but that's not that's not during the mayor investigation scene. No, that's no, much sorry. later. That's much later. Yeah. <laughs> no, we it's okay. We got on a tangent because Jeffrey Wright is so fucking beautiful in this yes. movie. Yes. And after after the mayor investigation scene, though, we get some very key and very cool uh, facts about this Batman. You know, you, you have another uh, voiceover as he's going back to the Batcave. But well, when you get back to the Batcave, that's when he takes out his contact lens and he replays everything that went through his day. And then he writes in his journal everything that happened. We right. had never seen Batman do that kind of a thing before. And I fucking no, loved it because he's like – Robert Pattinson's Batman is like a hardcore insomniac. You know, it's yeah. – um, I read that Pattinson approached this – his his take on the Batman, he approached it as Batman is a drug addiction for Bruce Wayne. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. Bruce needs the Batman because it makes him feel sane. Yet Bruce yeah. is nothing. Batman is his only thing. You know, he doesn't care about his image. He doesn't care about his family name. What he's doing is his family legacy, as he even mentions to uh, right. Andy Serkis's Alfred when he shows what up. What have fighting for? It's what I'm doing. <laughs> You're not my dad. He literally <laughs> says that in he this scene. It's hilarious. That, yeah. And that's when it that's when it gets way sad. too emo, when it's just like, okay, Robert, you crazy <laughs> dude. <laughs> and it's like, oh, they... <laughs> I mean, like, though, there are instances in the comic book where Bruce is just a dick to Alfred. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like I, it was kind of cool to see that, especially with the scene they give us later. There's this beautiful scene that I think Andy yeah. Circus might get another award for. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I don't think so. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think the awards will even like look at this movie. What? Not, not coming out in March. Not coming out in March, and they have a whole year. Like they'll forget about it. Sadly. Um. And that's uh, one thing about that, though. Honestly, with with the whole Alfred thing, is I think that's more of a plot for later movies because mm-hmm. they really don't do fuck fuck jack shit with with Alfred in this one. <laughs> like no, he has a few don't. key reveal moments, like for for Bruce's character, but a lot of it's just kind of just like I'm here to you know be a character because what's batman <laughs> without alfred right yes uh, uh but hey sad. you know he did do cyphers uh back in the old days so that they, yeah, right. they hint at his past and stuff and and sarah was like hey what was alfred before he worked with the the waynes and i was like oh he's like an mi5 agent or something yeah, it, yeah, like a soldier yeah. of some sorts in some yeah. stories. Yeah. A mercenary sometimes, I think. Uh, I have to... You have to go? I have to pee real quick, yeah. Let's I'll do a right soda back. pop break. This yeah. is a good place <laughs> for a soda top pop break. So we'll be right back with more of the we'll Batman. Right <clears throat> Are we there? Oh, uh, Sure. Sorry about that, cash potatoes. I got. I was just so excited that my bladder just was like, "Hey, bro, I'm erupting." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I should have went pee in that break, but oh well. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna try not to like uh, bog us down in all the details. I'm gonna try to go through it a little faster so that we okay. we can talk more of the important stuff. So after. Uh, after we get the Alfred scene, after he shows his worth and starts solving some riddles and stuff, uh, we get to the big, um, 
we get to one of the funnier jokes first of all, and this was where the the theater atmosphere was great. Um, eventually, Batman and Gordon decide to check out a, a, a the mayor's car, mm. and when they get there, they find a thumb drive. I will say, yes, yep. and that was the, that's the joke is Batman is looking for this thumb drive as he's like I'm searching for a thumb drive or whatever, and he opens up the uh, armrest area, the armrest compartment. And pulls out the thumb drive that has a thumb, the mayor's thumb, <laughs> attached to it. Yep. And Batman holds it up and looks at Gordon and goes, thumb drive. <laughs> and that's it. Thumb drive. It was beautiful because in the theater, I could literally feel everybody looking at each other going, did Batman just make a joke? <laughs> And, like, it took a solid two seconds after he had said that for everybody to go and, and just start laughing, to just burst out. <laughs> Myself included, because I had the exact same reaction, which was like, was that a joke? Did Batman just make a thumb drive joke? It was beautifully delivered. So, it kind of feels like because this Batman is at least portrayed much younger than Jim. It seems like, hey, I've been working with this guy for a while. Maybe I'll start trying to crack some jokes around work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. I just, yeah. it's so good. And like, and like this Bruce Wayne is like kind, like very much uh, a, a socially awkward individual. Yeah. It does like he doesn't, he like... doesn't know really how to communicate with people very well. And and it's just that that kind of a joke. It was just so fucking hilarious. Like I've seen this movie three times, and each time I've been like rolling on the floor laughing. Like it's great. But from there we get a big returning <laughs> uh, story arc of this movie, yeah. which is Batman or Bruce Wayne visits the Iceberg Lounge. It happens three times that he yeah. comes back to the Iceberg Lounge, and the first time. He comes in as Batman. He knocks on the door. Uh, the Iceberg Lounge, if you don't know, is where the penguin's at, which is the, the clue right. that um, Batman and, and Gordon found was that the mayor, you know, might have been doing some stuff at the at the penguin's um, right. Right. Iceberg Lounge. And when Batman, you know, he knocks on the door and the twins open up. The the twins, I don't uh, I don't know who plays them. It doesn't matter. Um, they're great. They're fucking lovely. Whoever you are, I'm so sorry. But whoever you are, they open so it up. Sorry. <laughs> they open up the door, and Batman's like, "Do you know who I am?" And they're just like, "Yeah." <laughs> He's like, "I want to talk to the penguin." It's like, "I don't know what you're talking about, buddy." And then Batman just beats the shit out of them and goes inside. <laughs> uh, so the twins. Great. We're played by Charlie and Max Carver. Thank you. They they get so much shit throughout this movie. I yeah. feel so bad for them. <laughs> like literally every scene that they're in, they get beaten up. <laughs> it's so funny. But that's also where you meet the penguin, where you meet Oswald Cobblepot. Oh man. A- amazingly played by Colin Farrell. Yeah. And like the makeup work done on him should get awards. I would honestly even say the performance, man. That's a yeah, fucking good I, performance. It was like it straight is. out of like an Oscar-winning gangster movie. One hundred. Well, he like he he like somehow took the animated version and like mixed it with some of the live-action versions like perfectly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, because there's a little bit of like Danny DeVito almost in there. Wait, is it Danny DeVito? Danny was... DeVito, yeah, plays the Tim yeah. Burton uh, penguin. Thank you. There's like a little bit of that in there, just a bit. Like a tiny bit, a not a lot, bit. but there's just a little bit. Same with like the the Gotham TV show version. There's just a little bit of that, like right. not mania, but like that that kind of wit that's yeah. in him. But yeah, he really does just feel like like a criminal, like a mobster. He plays a very nuanced not mobster, and that nuance that Colin puts in it really makes it the Penguin. And it is such a, yeah. I feel like, okay, so the we've played the Arkham games too. I feel like there is some inspiration from that because I feel like that was probably yeah. one of the more grounded versions of the Penguin that we've seen. Same. Besides in the comic books. Uh, sometimes in the comic books, he's like wild and crazy and sometimes he is just a gangster. Yeah. They like to change him a lot. Depends on the author. As much as I appreciate the umbrella bits and stuff, this was so good. And I do honestly think that Colin will receive some sort of accolades for it. Definitely. He should. He's getting a lot of buzz for it anyways. Yeah. Good performance. And I mean, like, one thing is that I love, like, if, if you have the time, just go out and watch the, like, very quickened version of him receiving the makeup. Like, oh, imagine having to do that. There's so much prosthetics on him just to make him look heavier. Like, it's it's amazing. And, and then to act with all of that on, to use all of that even as yeah. part of your character. It's just and amazing. So, well like, done. He uses it so well. It feels like it's his body. Yeah, it really does. Like, he is almost unrecognizable. Oh, yeah. Like, if, if I did not know it was know him, I probably would not have. Yeah. 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 100%. And from after the Iceberg Lounge, that's where you... Uh, you meet Selena Kyle there, played by Zoe Kravitz, Catwoman. She also refers to herself only once, I think, as Catwoman. And she doesn't even call herself Catwoman. I think she, she just said says the cat, cat and the bat, which is like yeah. a great thing from the, at least the recent comics. Yeah, yeah, the Tom King years. Oh, man, I love that. I'll talk what I think the sequels are going to be later on, but the Tom right. King years, I think, will be heavily influenced in the sequels. Oh, man, I was thinking uh, that too. Yeah. And and but but we follow Selena Kyle back. Batman specifically creepily stalks her very, back to her very apartment. Scary, yes. Which is the which is where you get the setup for like my favorite thing about this movie, which is he he goes he follows her back, and then he has the exact same binoculars mm. that the Riddler has, and he's looking at her across the street, just like the Riddler was at the very opening of the movie. Mm. And you get the that's the like that's the first hint. Of the big message of this movie, which is that if Batman is thirsting for vengeance, if he is solely out to seek vengeance, if he is not a figure of hope, then all he's doing is inspiring criminals. Yeah. That's the first, like, key parallel that this movie is, like, hinting at is, like, look, Batman's not much different than the Riddler. Him and the Riddler are both doing the exact same things right here in this moment. He is stalking a woman looking at her across the street with these go- uh, with these binoculars it's it's disturbing yeah it's creepy uh in fact the first time i watched it, i did watch the movie twice the first time i watched it i thought that that was the riddler looking at her mm. then they show his face real quick and i was like oh no that's 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 rob pat okay Right. Because he is incognito. He's not the Batman. That's another part that I like is he only brings out the suit when he wants to be 
the Batman right. around other people. Yeah, the only thing I hope that they step up in the next sequel is that while not in dress, while not as the Batman, he starts wearing costumes still. Like makeup and stuff yeah. like to, to change sure. his appearance. You know, kind of like Sherlock Holmes in yeah, that one movie where he was like, he grabbed like a hat and a scarf. And, right. Like he's a ship captain so that he yeah. can ferry these people out to sea. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I want, I, want, I want more of that. I want more of the, the you know, Batman is not only an expert uh, detective and an expert fighter, but at the same time, he's an expert, you know, almost magician in a way. Like he, right. he, he knows his illusions. And yeah, I want that. I want to see that more. And I think that's one area to draw from is because, as you said, he's not in his suit throughout a lot of this movie he is he is rob hat yeah he, he is you know he has a motorcycle helmet on or he has like uh uh like a, a heavy scarf kind of thing around his neck like an ascot mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah from from selena's apartment you know she you find out that she is protecting somebody who is annika yeah thank you annika she was she was involved with the mayor she was one of the one of the photos, and Selena has uh, a connection to her. I, th- I think it's kind of implied that they they might be lovers. Uh, I'm not so sure. And she calls I her babe. And, she calls her and, babe and stuff. I think they just kind of grew up together, and she takes care of her. Yeah, part of it, and I don't know it, the vibe I get. Maybe it's just because I'm a perv. Is that they're <laughs> I, I do remember that Zoe Kravitz said that her her take on Catwoman was that she is bisexual. Oh, so yeah. I think that might have been it. Also, is that I was just reading into what she how she was viewing her character. Maybe I um, mean I feel like that really works for Catwoman, especially with her right comic book relationships with Poison Ivy and um. Well, I guess mostly Poison Ivy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh. So. Just real quickly, uh, Hannah Herzig plays Annika. Uh, it is a very Thank small you. role, but I wanted to mention it's it's important right. to the plot. Yeah, but Bat- Batman follows uh, uh, Selena back to the mayor's area, the mayor's apartment after the uh, building. Change. After, after the, the costume change, change. after yeah, Which, after she changes into cat and he changes into mm-hmm. the bat. And I want to yeah. say real quick about the costume, but I like everything about this Catwoman. Except for the mask. It is just... Really? It's just so stupid, it. dude. It is just... No, just, I love it. Okay, I like the head part. The cow... The actual yeah. cow part with the little... Little itty-bitty ta- cat ears on them. That's... Yeah, that's fucking it. adorable. She... The only thing that's concealing her identity... She's wearing the exact same makeup as she was before. The only yeah. thing concealing her identity... Is this strap of cloth that just goes over her nose, just her nose? It doesn't cover right. her mouth or her eyes, like or most of her forehead. You That's c- fair. That's and fair, I don't but at like the, the way time, it looks. <laughs> at the same time, I'll say like my favorite interpretation is the Arkham games. Mm-hmm. And literally, all she has on that net are little red goggles, and then the same and, the same cat cow. And that and that is fine. <laughs> but it I don't. Com- it doesn't cover her identity at I all. I don't though. care that it doesn't cover her identity. It's not trying to. There is a strap <laughs> of cloth trying to conceal her identity that is doing nothing for her, and it's doing nothing for her aesthetically <laughs> I think- either. That's I think I as a cat burglar, that. though, as a cat burglar, you're operating in the dark, and in the dark, I think that does wonders. I think somebody's going to look at her and not see anything. Okay, but... I it, don't know. It could have covered... Like, if it covered 
from here down, it still would have looked right, great. Right. <laughs> it would have looked amazing. And it would have actually been something. I don't know. It doesn't look good. I don't yeah. think it looks good. Beyond the practice. I think they were just trying to go for like cheap versions of first pro uh first site you know, for origin stories of right. all of these characters. So it's like I think it'll get better as it goes on. But I, I think it worked that. for this film. I think it was I think it was cute and adorable. I loved it. If but she like, just cut it, the it, nose it, piece in half, it would be perfect. Right. Even just little day <laughs> if they would just dangle off to the side like little straps, that would be cute. <laughs> I can agree. I guess I, I I I wasn't at all bothered by it. I thought it was a good outfit, but I I can understand what you're saying. Like it it's is my only it is real flaw goofy. With this movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't just know. It, it just it kind of fe- <laughs> it kind of just feels like a noir choice, though. Like I don't yeah, know. Maybe I feel I like know. I could see that in a noir. But it's it, it. There's not really much that happens in that scene. You get to see Selena picking some locks, which is fun, yeah. and then Batman and her fight, and you get to see how Batman handles it, which is just ridiculously easy. I love it. Also, you get Zoe Kravitz's movement in that scene though, yeah. too, and she's really oh, yeah, good she, at doing the the cartwheel walking, is what I'll call it for Catwoman. It's really cool. Yeah, and and like in yeah, you see pretty well that like if she was going up against anybody other than Batman, she could easily hold her own. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. You, you immediately get the idea that yeah, this woman can take care of herself as she she's a constantly proves. Yeah. yeah, she's good. Um, but that but that's pretty much it. They go back to Selena's apartment after that. Where you find out that Annika, uh, well, the apartment was broken into and Annika's been kidnapped. Um, and you have some very hilarious and very awkward scenes for Batman, <laughs> including a moment where a bunch of cats are like purring up against his boots and, and he looks down, sees all the cats, and he looks back up at Selena and he goes, You got a lot of cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I got like- a thing for strays. <laughs> it's so funny it's like good observation batman world's yeah, greatest we- detective <laughs> <laughs> that's another okay oh so having seen this movie now three times in three months i will say one of the flaws that has become apparent in many rewatches way too fast is that it it spends a lot of time pointing out the obvious mm-hmm. and and that's one of it is like him looking down and going you got a lot of cats and then uh, there's another time where uh, um, both him and Jim Gordon basically just explain what's going on. Like Batman is is looking through Selena's eyes because she's got the the contact lens cameras on, right? And he's looking through her eyes and he's like, "That guy right there, he, he you know, blah 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 exposition, blah 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 blah." And it's just like, okay, I I got mm-hmm. it. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to tell us what she's looking at. She's literally looking she's at looking it. At we know. It, yeah. That that's like one of the few flaws is like they 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 take way too many times to point out the obvious and it's like and it and it's kind of just to break it up a bit, kind of make it feel more noiry also. But it, it bothers me after <laughs> after three watches, it bothered me. Well, I did not care at all. For- they probably while they love the fact that you want to rewatch it, they probably didn't expect you to watch it three times in that quick succession. I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey honestly I, I was i had i had honestly i had only watched it twice until yesterday when you're like i think we should watch it again 
and then deep dive. And I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, you know, the twist. Like, well, I didn't know you had already gotten two views. <laughs> well, I watched it in the theaters and then watched it immediately once it dropped oh, on yeah. HBO Max. So we watched yeah. it the same day twice in two different places. <laughs> and then someday we'll watch it together someday it's gonna be a while yeah, i can't yeah, watch yeah. it so quickly after <clears throat> let's see what what happens after what happens after they stalk selena you get the next riddle uh um while he's at selena's house actually you uh the riddler comes on the tv right um that's another actually that's another issue i have is the media is way too loosey-goosey with with the riddler shit they're they're just like the riddler put up a new video today uh we're gonna play it all for you warning it's graphic (laughs) yeah yeah definitely like i think it makes a little bit more sense uh the nolan verse because yeah. by the time the Joker comes around, he's been Batman for a while. And, like, yeah, they're yeah. used to crazy shit happening. And they're like, okay, uh, <laughs> if this, if we don't show this, this guy is going to kill more people. So, right. Yeah. Right. And it just it felt so weird in this movie because it's just like the Riddler put out a, a video today. The, the police commissioner has been killed and uh, the Riddler put up a video uh, of him doing it. Uh, we're going to play for you. This is graphic. Yes. Uh, just, yeah. just so you know. And then they, they literally play him, play a video of the Riddler. Again, Paul Dano does an amazing job. Yeah. You get a little bit of the lunatic in this. You get a little bit of those hints that this guy is probably not mentally stable. He's a little, yeah. uh, you know, little unhinged. And he, he has the commissioner with a with a rat cage kind of thing on his head, mm-hmm. kind of. I, I don't know. He's he's connected to a bunch of rats, and the rats are going to come and eat him or kill him. You know that yeah. kind of a torture device. And the media is just playing that. <laughs> the media is just yeah, playing the full thing. True. They're showing it everything. Uh, so it's I didn't scary. think about it from that point of view. Like, why are they doing this? Why are they showing yeah. this? Uh, There's but a I did Gotham think, is fucked up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Their the news is crazy. Is up. Right, that's true. Uh, so that's true. Anyhow, I think that those scenes are cool, though, because it definitely seems like what the Riddler would do in the animated series. But he would like right. he would like force his way onto the broadcast or something like that mm-hmm. yeah um, and then he would be he would he wouldn't be committing the action in the past it would be happening now so batman can go and stop it yeah and save the life yeah yeah though but i no, think I, that, that kind of makes this riddler a little bit smarter and more dangerous yeah and more dangerous definitely more dangerous yeah after that batman just sends catwoman undercover you know he's just like i need more info go into the iceberg lounge here's some contact lenses as cameras you have a cute moment where catwoman thinks he's coming in for a kiss but in fact he's just making sure the the contact lenses aren't aren't visible right yeah (laughs) i love that moment so much because zoe's just like looking into his eyes like oh my god is he gonna kiss me is this gonna happen (laughs) This, and he's just like, I don't know this guy, but I like his suit. <laughs> I like his suit, his demeanor. He he's kind of handsome. You know, she's like, yeah, she's got a crush on him. Easy. Yeah, a little awkward. She likes strays. She's already mentioned yeah, that. That's true. Like, yeah, and she's all over him. 
while she she goes undercover, she goes into the iceberg lounge. She goes actually into the forty four below, which is the yeah, the, the club, club within the club. The club within the club, under the yeah. hub, under the hub for the grub. Wow, wow! It's where all the crazy shit goes down, including drop heads. That's a a the drug of this movie. There's a bunch of drug addicts who are doing drop the drops is what they're called. Yes. I'm assuming again that that's a sequel thing. I think that's going to play in yeah, big in I the so in the next two films because they don't do much with it. They're just kind of background details. I don't recognize it from anything that I've read or seen. Yeah. So I, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember it either. There's like so many drugs to reference in the comic books. Yeah. Like <laughs> right. Making their own kind of intrigues me. Uh, and right. then they they drop it in the eye. That's why it's called drops. And then, like, the only use of it for the end is that the Riddler's followers are a lot, you know, a lot of them are dropheads. Mm. You know, uh, that's that's a lot of the people he reaches is through that kind of a thing. Uh, people who are addicted to stuff, I guess, who need some kind of chaos. Yeah. While she's there, one of the dropheads that Selena comes across is the district attorney, played by Peter Sarsgaard. Yeah, not not long ago we found out that Peter Sarsgaard is uh, uh, was it Maggie Gyllenhaal's husband? Is that right? That's right. Yeah, I think yeah. so. So like, it, it's kind of weird because I I don't think I'd ever really known this man until we watched that Maggie Gyllenhaal movie. Oh, really? Like um, I've seen like I I I've, I've seen known him, that I've liked roles that he's been in. Yeah, but I never but like, I really realized him. that he was a Skarsgård. Well, he's not a Skarsgård. He's a Sarsgaard. Oh, yeah, That's it's a it. different family. Dyslexia. <laughs> yeah, went, but like I didn't, I didn't know him, but I knew that I liked him, but I never really yeah. put together who he was. You know, I didn't remember him, and and I, you know, and then now it just seems like I'm seeing him fucking everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, what's happening? I mean, he's How one of those actors but, who's just that gets a bazillion side roles because yeah. he's good. He's good. But here he's the district attorney. He's a drophead. He he hits on Selena. He gives her some details. It's a good scene. Yeah. Uh, but Selena gets out of there. She has a fight with Batman. She she breaks contact. She escapes. Well, I did want to mention uh, that she meets one other very yes, important character yeah. down there, and that is Carmine Falcone. Uh, yeah. The, the head of the Falcone family, played by John Turturro. Um. Yes, John Torturo. Honestly, dude, if he and Peter Capaldi played brothers, I know that one's yeah. English and one's not. But when Peter Capaldi was going to be the doctor, I was like, oh, the guy from Brother Were Out. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they would make good brothers, I think. Yes, I think so. And he's great as, as Falcone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Untru- he he's just another mob mob man. You know, it's yeah. like he, he he fits perfectly in this world in this this right. weird noir crime world that he, uh, Reeves is set up. He also has like this tense politeness to him. You don't actually yeah. ever see him be mean to somebody until he's about to kill them. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 good. It's really good. And um, after that, you know, you you get the the L- U R L Rata Alada reveal from Alfred. Um, mm-hmm. Once once Batman is is uh, ruining his his 
ended date with Catwoman where, where she where she took out her contact lenses and said fuck off basically. Yeah. And basically. he's just like, Oh, I, I suck at women, damn it. Oh, like, <laughs> damn. Oh, I thought I this was going them. well. They never like so my good. hobbies. <laughs> you don't like me. <laughs> you never liked me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I just imagine Batman with a, a hunchback. No. Well actually maybe if they do Batman uh Batman Beyond and have Bruce Wayne as the the butler guy for, for Terry McGinnis. That'd okay. be kinda of fun. If he has a little bit of a hunchback from all of his fighting. Sarah and I when we were watching it last night were talking about will they ever do a non white Batman? I, Dude, I I mean that's my plan. I if I ever so. get the fucking rights I'm doing it, yeah. Yeah, why the I, I have, I have, again, I don't know if I've mentioned it on, I'm sure I have. I have a seven television series, uh, you know, each, I have seven different television series that would be a combined DC Comics Justice League universe. I think I just came up with what our new podcast, the podcast just for Patreons. It's going to be and called- Just this episode. Just this episode. It's going to be called- Green and faceless make TV, and we're just gonna like talk yes. through the TV ideas. Like we'll do a pitch and we'll just talk through the whole thing, and just yeah, just yes. and and workshop them. I love it. We'll, we'll do we'll it. Maybe do that. Please, please. <laughs> but yeah, the DA he gets kidnapped by the Riddler. It's fucking great scene. Yeah. A lot of it happens out of focus, and it makes it even more terrifying. Like uh, I know. You know, maybe some people will watch that scene and get get annoyed and be like, "Why can't the fucking? Why can't we just see what's going on? This is stupid." No, it makes what's coming what's coming more frightening because yeah, you don't know what's coming. You just saw a bunch of flashing lights and a, a lot of beeps, and you heard some duct tape sounds. And it's like, and then ah. all of a sudden, it's the pizza bomber again. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I guess if you don't know what I'm talking about, I do think that they did design the device. That gets put around the DA's neck uh, after what actually happened in real life uh, in the Pizza Bomber case. Mm. Uh, this guy named Brian Wells uh, robbed a bank with this collar around his neck, uh, claiming that it was a bomb. And then the police didn't get there in time enough to defuse the bomb, and he died. Oh, it's geez. more complex than that. Yeah, I, I yeah, the, the almost definitely sounds like yeah, it definitely sounds like the inspiration it, it for this. It was uh, it was kind of cool because I just watched a documentary called uh, Evil Genius on Netflix. I believe that's what it's called. I recommend it. Secret review of that where they talk about this, and it was like, oh wow, nice. they, this Riddler thinks like some of the people in that documentary think. So it's really interesting. If you like this character. And want to see what maybe yeah. some of the inspiration was for it? Go check out Evil Genius on Netflix. If you feel like you too can become a serial if you killer, do <laughs> sometimes I do think if I I could, I, you know what? Maybe I could. And then I was like, oh wait, you have to kill people to do that. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. Right. No, that's that's the scariest thing about my life is that pretty much everybody in my life watches these murder podcasts uh-huh. or watches all these like this serial killer did this and I'm sitting here thinking <laughs> 
why are you guys like I like I like murder as much as the next man, but I keep my murder in the fictional. <laughs> I like to read about people who don't exist dying. <laughs> Like everyone in my life, literally everyone in my life is just like, oh man, I think serial killers are fascinating. I do. But I think they're fascinating from a a horror perspective because I'm, you know, scared by it. But a lot of people in my life, they don't seem to be fascinated in the fact that they're scared by it. They seem to be fascinated in general. And Uh, yeah, I do say that I do find it very fascinating. And why, I don't know. Part of it is, like, knowing what some people have done out there, how extreme humanity can be, uh, it gives you some perspective on, like, what to watch out for. For example, John Wayne Gacy, he was everyone's fucking favorite neighbor, pretty much. You know, it could be anybody. Uh, Not Mm -hmm. to scare you, it's not me, okay? (laughs) No, I mean, I, I totally get it. I'm just like... It's just scary, and it's scary to me that all my friends. I don't know. Like, I don't get not it even either. just all my friends. All like everyone, everyone in my life. I'm keeping it in the fictional, and and yeah, but yeah, Riddler's Riddler is definitely based off of yeah, a lot of different uh, serial killers or psychopaths, and and it's it all culminates greatly. And the the scene with the mayor, uh, well, not with the mayor, with the district attorney rather, because he he comes crashing yeah, in, he literally. he crashes the the mayor's funeral. You know, he literally he drives a car right into it. And then, he, and then he steps out and he's like, I got a bomb. The Riddler's going to threaten to blow it up. I have a phone taped to my hand <laughs> and the Batman needs to answer yeah, it. Everybody. And so they clear the fuck out of there. You know, the police clear everybody out. And then the, and then they, they uh, I mean, right. they don't send the Batman in. The Batman just goes in and they're kind of shocked by it. I, like, this is one of the few areas where I think they should have been more talky and less, you know, more talking of the obvious, you know, because they, ha- they cut to a policeman who sees the Batman mm-hmm. enter there and he goes, what the hell? And it's just like it's clear that the the policeman didn't know, but it would have been nice to have like one policeman just yeah, go. How the hell? What the hell? We sealed off all the entrances. How did he get in there? Like just that. Yeah, just just that would have been a little like that's one area where I would have been more accepting of like the the silly dialogue that kind of cliched. But they don't have that. They just have the what the hell. <laughs> 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 What the hell? <laughs> How did you get in there? <laughs> we had all these entrances sealed. But no, when Batman answers the phone, uh, the bomb gets activated, and you have some really rapid fire riddles and a very intense scene. Yeah, uh, I won't spoil it. It's exciting, but it leads Batman and Gordon. They've discovered something, which is that they're trying to find a rat because. Um, a con- constant thing in a lot of the Batman stories is that the Moroni right. family and the Falcone family constantly fighting. You know, they're always at odds with each other. And two big gang families of, of right. Gotham. And, and this is like after that's all over. Yeah, because the 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 mayor, the district attorney, the the commissioner, these these powerful people oh. all caught Moroni. They all they they brought Moroni down. You know, they um. His drug, his drug industry is done. You know, the Moroni family is ruined. And now it's just Falcone there, blah, blah, blah. But they know uh, Batman and Gordon have discovered that the Riddler's whole um, – ah, this might be spoilers, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. But his, it, like he's looking for the rat. He wants the rat on Moroni. That's what he wants. Why? I won't go into it. There's a lot of mm-hmm. backstory, a lot of inspiration from other comic book stories that are really fun. 
but it's it's that's what he's looking for. He wants the rat, and Batman and Gordon they kind of think the rat might be the penguin, so they go that's out scene. to find the penguin again. Oh, it's the chase scene. It's so good. It's so good. There's a lot of shit that goes down there. Some stuff with Catwoman, um, and, and you know you also find Annika's uh, find out that Annika has died. Um, sadly, that's probably spoilers. I'll probably cut that. But what happens though is yes. you get the big chase scene because the penguin runs away. He gets uh, in his car. He drives off. You get the reveal yeah. of the Batmobile. I do. It's so good. Like it. It's such Go a good ahead. scene. It, I will say this. I love it, man. I love it. And if you're going to watch this at home, if you're going to watch this on your TV, make sure your display, your brightness is low. In the theaters, the darkness was much be- like it was much darker. And so when you get the reveal of the that the of the Batmobile, when the penguin looks up at down that dark alley, mm-hmm. all you see is that l- the orange light coming out from the hood. Mm-hmm. And it's eerie as Fuck all. It looks so good. It's straight out of like a Halloween. It's straight out of like Christine by uh, John Carpenter's Christine. Like it was a good this Batmobile shot. is from a multiverse that Mad Max exists in. That's where it's from. Okay. It's, it is 100% yeah. American muscle meets Batmobile. Yes. And I fucking love it. Okay. So yeah. me and Sarah also said so the first good. time we watch it, it's, it's Batman before he meets Lucius Fox. He doesn't got somebody to make all the high tech shit for him. So he built this this yeah, car. Yeah. He he took this car and he put a jet engine on it. And that is literally what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fucking great. I love it, man. And like another good thing about this scene too and and something that you see in a lot of like it happens in Marvel movies. I've seen it and I think I saw it in the Nolan films. Hmm. There's not product placement in this chase scene. You don't see car, yeah. you don't see like, this is a Dodge. You know, you don't have a close up of like the, the plate, the name, the kind of anything. It's, it's all blacked out. You know, <laughs> this is just the Batmobile, motherfucker. It is not, it is not branded. He's not driving the Jaguar or anything. You know, it's like, oh, cars. <laughs> but this is, it's just, it's just the Batmobile and it's fucking great. It's souped up. The scene is awesome. Yeah. The music from Michael Giacchino. Yeah fucking phenomenal in that scene that scene was like the greatest and it was another one of those great moments in the theaters where it's like like you could feel that everybody was in that moment in that in that chase scene because it's so good one thing one thing i hate a lot about batman chase scenes because there's always a car chase scene in batman film and then in the nolan versions um Mm -hmm. you had a lot of cutaways to cops who would give one-liners like, what the fuck is he doing? Oh, he turned over there. You know, like that kind of stuff. Like where they just cut back and you have like yes. a comedy moment. Well, that's all on Colin Farrell in this film or in this moment. That's all on the penguin. And it's just like, it, and it's his deliveries of everything. Oh, it's so funny. It, and it's perfect for the moment. It matches the music. Like, ugh. there are like five or six scenes in this film oh, yeah. that I think are just perfect 100%. cinema. And that chase Even scene how, is one of them. Uh, like, it is so the much fun. when before this chase scene starts, wields his Uzi. I fucking love that. He's like, all over his hair. He's like, I'm gonna spray paint yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Very Scarface. Right, yeah, exactly. And and when Batman catches up to when the chase ends and he has Penguin and him and him and Gordon yeah. interrogate Penguin, 
you have a lot of hilarious moments where you know uh they they do like the detective lays out the whole mystery in front of the guy and the guy and the guy just kind of looks at him and is like <laughs> you guys are fucking idiots like <laughs> You're basing all of this. You're basing all of this on one clue, and you're interpreting the crew wrong. And, and the penguin yeah. fucking schools yeah, both Damien and Gordon it, it on Spanish. I, I like it. <laughs> so funny. <sighs> After that, you know, it uh, some shit happens. But I think honestly, that's probably where we should. Yeah, put up I, the I was going to agree. We have all the, our players now. Yeah. Uh, we've set up what's happening. Why? Why Batman gets involved? He's He's literally addressed to him these these murders, uh, so I think that that is mm-hmm. enough for us to put up a spoiler wall and talk for a few more minutes. If you really uh, have not seen this movie yet, we're probably going to give away some shit that you're going to hope you didn't know. If you have already yeah. seen it, come join us on the other side. If you wish to skip any more spoilers, go to our one. 43 minute. Maybe give it a little smidge more. Tink, tink, tink. <laughs> it's up. <laughs> tink, tink. Yeah, so the uh, one of the biggest inspirations after what, basically what happens right after that is uh, you get a lot of hush mm. drops. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another comic out there called Hush. Another one of my favorites. It's really good, and that's that's a lot of a lot of that has to do with Batman's or Bruce Wayne's right. family, his father specifically, and and actions that his father has committed that are now affecting Bruce. And specifically in this movie, um, Thomas Wayne might have gone to Carmine Falcone, might have uh, Falcone, whatever, to <laughs> might have to. Um, Ask him to handle a journalist who is digging up some very hurtful things on Martha Wayne. And, you know, in Thomas Wayne, it, it, he didn't come to him like, I want this man killed. It was more along the lines of, hey, I've been trying to talk to this guy. Can you lean on him a little bit? Because he's not leaving my wife alone and I'm right. getting tired of it. You know, it, he he did it in a good manner. Like, he wasn't intending bad things. But it went bad ways. Yeah. And uh, one of the the biggest the biggest hush Easter egg, and I'm comfortable saying this behind the spoiler wall, is that the journalist that was killed, his last name was Elliot, and in in the hush storyline, if you know Batman, Hush, the 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 villain of that storyline is Tommy Elliot. He he, when he grew up, he was jealous of Bruce Wayne. He was jealous of Bruce being rich. Uh, you know he he you know how could that man be an orphan? He's fucking rich. Yeah. You know, and you get a lot of that in the Riddler's character. Um, the Riddler it kind of feels the same way. You know, he feels like there was a big mystery that happened. Uh, somebody – it's so hard to talk about because I don't want to spoil everything. Right, yeah. You know, I want to keep some of it locked up. But basically, you get the idea that maybe this version of the Riddler is actually Elliot. Oh. He's actually Tommy Elliot from the comics. Um, I don't think that's the case. Yeah. What I think is that this uh, 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 is that Riddler grew up in the same orphanage yeah. as Tommy Elliot, as the son of the journalist that Thomas Wayne accidentally got I knocked off. Um, but I always thought the Elliots. Yeah, I, and I think that the he was, Elliots were always supposed to be. I don't think they've done the story often enough to they, say always. But I do feel I thought that they were a well-off family that was friends of the Waynes. I think so too. I think so too. 
Um, I think that's a change that gotcha. this movie made. And it's one that I agree with because uh, one of the story ideas for the sequels that I think. So I think your next sequel is they de- is that they're going to do the Court of Owls story. Because as we'll explain soon, <laughs> Gotham is kind of at a rebirth stage at the end of this movie. And and that's a perfect moment to do the, the Court of Owls. As it's being reborn, Batman is uncovering all of this shit about its history and about his family's history in particular. So I think the next movie they're going to do Court of Owls, I hope. And at the same time, they'll do Hush. I think you'll, I think in this movie you'll find, or in the second movie, it, my opinion of it, my, my deep thought on it is that Hush will come in and you'll find out that he's been manipulating the Riddler for oh. years. That he would, he basically set up everything of this film because he's been, he's been goading the Riddler to hate Bruce Wayne, to hate all of these people who were involved in getting Elliot's father killed. Hmm. You know, and, and the Riddler is a, in this movie. He's manic. Oh yeah, he's he manic. Is. He's looking for friends. He, you know, he's seeking um, seeking people who are similar to him. So I feel like he. I feel right. like that's an easy. I just always felt like Edward was smarter than Tommy, but you know they can do whatever they want in the movies. I think so too. That's why I think that the third film will be the War of Jokes oh. and Riddles. I think that the Joker and the Riddler. Will you know they'll be the survivor surviving members uh the, to to continue the rebirth of Gotham into the gotcha. third film? Gotcha. You know, yeah. I think I I, I don't feel know. like this is all like you know I I don't know. I shit. feel like there was also I the the hush Easter eggs were definitely fucking there, but I feel like there was also yeah. a last scarecrow who's even broadcast uh, right across references. the screen. I feel like. Um, at least with the fear, they just talk about fear so much. And like, I guess you can't, it's kind of hard to do a Batman movie and not talk about fear, uh, in some capacity, but I feel like I I just like the, the toxin element of it. And that brings me Mm -hmm. to the other thing Mm -hmm. I really wanted to talk about, which is much later in the film where Batman injects himself with some sort of green liquid. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> is, it is it venom? venom? Is it just Venoms? adrenaline? If, it ha- if it's just know, adrenaline, yeah. did it have to be green? No. I feel like it's venom. Right. And then my question yeah. is, is like in the in one of these movies, is he going to be like, is he going to realize that it's very addictive and then dump his stash? And that's how uh, it gets out to... to What's it fuck prison? Yeah, Santa, Santa yeah, Maria or whatever. He starts his he starts yeah. his own new nemesis on accident. Ooh, yeah. that'd be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I was wondering that too because it happened in the theaters. He he injects himself with a green liquid, and you immediately, if you've watched any kind of freaking, if you've read any kind of Bane right. comic or watched played the games or whatever, once you see green liquid, you're like, oh, Finn. Yeah. Especially once you get like, especially like right after he takes it, he gets like super fucking charged with adrenaline and just beats the fuck out of the guy. Only stops because Gordon pulls him off. He almost punches Gordon in that moment too. (laughs) No, yeah, I'm curious. I don't know. Um, I I I like that idea, and it works definitely for emo (laughs) Batman. So, like. I was thinking, I was thinking that it it is venom, but I've heard a lot of people who are who are very adamant against it. They don't because, believe it because they it can't, can't be. they can't believe Not at that all. good boy Bruce would do such a thing. But the man keeps kryptonite in right. his basement to kill his best friend if he has to. Okay, 
<laughs> if he has to. Only if he has to. Only if he has to. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, there's so much to talk about. I mean, Bruce Wayne visits the Iceberg Lounge like two yeah. more times. So, like, that's one thing I loved about this movie is, again, you, you have Batman visits Bruce, uh, the Iceberg Lounge, which is he goes there, beats the shit out of people. Yeah, Bruce Wayne visits the Iceberg Lounge, which is he goes there, he looks all sad and decrepit, and they yeah. let him in. And then you have the third time where he, he goes there, he knocks on the door, he, he ding-dong ditches <laughs> them, he knocks on the door, the twins open up and are like, what the heck, there's nobody out here? And he just sleuths in, he just sneaks in like a ninja, closes the door, it's, it's so good. Like, I love... I don't know, I it, it, you get a lot of the, the, the personalities of Bruce, he is... Again, he's just a very socially yeah. awkward guy. Yeah, and, and like, and and he's so focused on his mission. That's it. That's this whole movie is that he's just he's focused on yeah. vengeance, and and that leads me to the big thing that I wanted to talk about behind a spoiler wall, which is the 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 Riddler Joker or the Riddler um, Riddler Batman parallels. Yeah. The, the big fight scene in the third act. When you get there, you have a guy who uh, one of the Riddler's henchmen. Um, he's beaten down. And, you know, Jim Gordon pulls off his mask and he goes, who the hell are you? And the guy responds, I'm vengeance. Mm -hmm. And that's when Batman realizes the entire fucking thing. He, I mean, he started realizing it in the, um, when he interviewed the Riddler, when they catch the Riddler and the Riddler's, um, behind bars, he interviews the Riddler and, oh, so good. Very good. You discover that the Riddler thinks that the Batman is helping him Mm -hmm. willingly not that he's like you know he's leaving him all these clues but he thinks that Batman's doing it because he's vengeance because he wants these people to suffer too you know he he thinks that they're going to that they they'd help each other not that that Batman is a vigilante yeah. um and that's when Batman realizes I'm so focused on uh well when he removes that henchman's face in the final fight scene <laughs> removes his face removes his mask in the final fight scene he just fucking die <laughs> I have taken venom and I There's kill you. There definitely are a couple points where uh, the don't kill people rule is just just conveniently. It's not as blatant as in the va- Batman it's, v Supes. Yeah. But there's definitely a couple times it's where much fewer. some people fall off some shit that they didn't have to fall off of. <laughs> But typically, typically it's either a short a drop or they are on wires. So, like, and, 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 and the movie does enough to show you that they're on wires. <laughs> no, no, because because he like a lot of times he just shoots people through the shin bone with his grappling hook sure, and just leaves them sure. dangling. Which that has to fuck. Oh yeah, hurt. it's got to. But like the one the the I'm sure there's more, but the one time where I saw him blatantly kill somebody, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was when this guy this guy swings a gun at him and like Bruce punches him and then like pulls his arm so that the guy shoots the trigger and yes. shoots another yeah. guy over the other yeah. way. That's like the one time where I'm like, yeah, Batman, you, you, ta- shot, you shot that, that guy. guy. It might have been that guy's finger. It might have been his <laughs> finger on the trigger, but you were the one who like forced him to pull it by and like looks tugging like on his arm. Like, it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't kill no one. <laughs> I didn't break the rule. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's he he doesn't do it a lot though. I will be honest. I think there's a lot less Batman yeah, kills, definitely. which I liked. I liked this Batman kind of staying by his rule. Um, but he realizes that being so hell bent on his vengeance mm-hmm. on this mission, it's not inspiring yeah. people. 
you know, crime's still up. People people hate living in Gotham. It's still a bad place. Like he realizes he's he's inspiring right. the wrong people. And that was the you real know? ending of the movie, and it's it's a great. That was moment. the real ending of the movie for me. Yeah, and they kind of did the Peter Jackson thing a little bit, where they just had a lot of falling <laughs> yeah. action for a half hour. I did like most of the yeah. scenes, <laughs> um, but I think that that was yeah. my favorite. Like ah, oh, that's that's a good ending feeling movie. Yeah, honestly, when I saw it in theaters, it was like almost underwhelming because what happens is um after batman realizes uh that you know he is inspiring the wrong people before this the riddler had flooded the city he had blown up the dams and gotham was rapidly flooding uh at least a section of gotham was maybe not the whole area but um he he you know and everybody goes to this one location the the safe haven but it's also flooding and he looks up and he sees that this live wire, um, this big like display thing, like a TV screen or whatever, is going to fall into the water and electrocute right. a lot of people. And he he jumps out there, cuts the fucking wire so that it doesn't kill anybody, and you know falls down. It, it's a great moment, but it's it is like the rebirth yeah. moment. He sacrifices himself, and when he comes out of the water and he lights his flare, and you have that iconic fucking shot of him leading the people through the water. That's yeah. like his rebirth moment for this movie. That's when he's just like, now he's going to inspire he's the hope. Batman. He's not going to be this vengeance. Now he's the Batman. It's so good. Like it, it, it. At first, I was like underwhelmed when I was watching it in theater, and then he's leading those people through that water, and I was just like, holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> I was like rocked. I was like, what a good message. I fucking loved it. It's um, a good way to do Batman. That's 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 for sure. Yeah, and then and then you just have the you have the falling action, you know, you have the um they they tie off shit with Catwoman. Uh you have a you have a scene with Riddler and the Joker and in Arkham Asylum. So they tease the Joker uh hair played by Carrie, uh Barry Kugan. Um and I have to I have to take a quick pause and explain that Irish people will probably say it's Barry Kewen. I might be pronouncing the the Irish pronunciation wrong, also, but I I looked up interviews. I, I am Irish. I was interested. I want to make sure I pronounce this correctly because I I have Irish ancestry. I don't want to I don't want to insult Is that my, right, my uh, familial ancestors. <laughs> Come on. Uh, but yeah, it, 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 I've seen I, I watched interviews where he literally says it's pronounced Kugan or something. Mm-hmm. I think it's Kugan. He he says that the G is in there. He he pronounces the G, and so I'm I'm sorry, Irish uh, listeners, and I'm sorry uh, people who don't know that he pronounces it with the G. He does he does. We're it's spreading Cuban. the word. Um, but he <laughs> plays the Joker. Yeah, I'm interested in it. I like his uh, his take. Um, I'm running out of battery power, so I'm going to sure. try to be quick. I'm interested in what they do with him, and I think he'll be used in the sequels, of course, like they have to, I think. I do think that his interpretation is interesting. I can't say I very much like that scene. Uh, Like, they did the whole movie in this very kind of gritty, noir kind of way. This was the most comic booky scene that they did in the movie. Because the two villains being like, yes, and now we're friends. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I can't say that I, I cared for yeah, they it. Yeah, they share a laugh. I love the I, laugh. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that I, I cared for it. I thought it was a little... 
Paul Dano was being like really throwing a fit at the beginning of the the scene because Batman, because Bat like like Batman still didn't stop the bombs. He just was helping people out of the destruction, and that made him sad. Right. Um. I I actually there's more to it than that, obviously, but I'll leave that to the viewer. Uh, and I think maybe we should tear the wall down and do some closing statements. Yeah, because my 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 phone is at five percent and rapidly failing, so I will just quickly do a closing statement. I give it four stars. Okay. I fucking love this movie. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking great, guys. You should go fucking see it. Uh, I give it a face and a half. I can't recommend it enough. HBO Max, if you got it, go listen, go watch it. Go buy it in the stores. Go to the theater. I might go to the theater. No, I'm not going to go to the theater. I've seen twice already. Um, but I think that's our show. Yeah, it and is. And we talked Thank a you. lot, so I hope yeah, you enjoyed it. Yeah, we talked a very it. long time. I, I hope I hope it was fun. I hope you guys loved it. I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh. Thanks for listening. And I am the face of Sleon. Maybe next time we'll do a bat. Uh, uh, excuse me. Maybe next time we do a deep dive, it won't be a Batman movie, but who knows. Safe travels and good night. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of FictionWorks 19. Are you a fan of the show? Feel free to contact us at greenandfacelessfans at gmail.com or visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe or rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.